Coming up on Mount Hermeneutics, the Old Testament dietary restrictions. Whoa, whoa, hold on. So you're telling me I can't have bacon or eat my shrimp? Hmm. We're going to talk about that. So keep it right here. You're listening to Mount Hermeneutics where three Marines give their perspective on God, faith, and spirituality with a heavy lean on the Divine Council worldview. This is not your grandma's Sunday school, nor is it always for the Christian faint of heart. Nothing about who we are or what we say make us experts. But you better believe we'll have a take, and perhaps it won't suck. It's just a number. I mean, my doctor says I'm basically like 25, so... <laughs> Is that, is that what That's you're your psychiatrist? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? Hey, guys. Hey, what is happening? Man. Hey, Dre. Hey, Matt. Lots Man. going on. Dude, it's hot in here. I can take, take my hoodie off real quick before we get started. <laughs> so, uh, what, did I, what did I do this week? I don't, I don't even know. Um, Delani catered a dessert table for someone's 25th wedding anniversary. So... So no lunchables so, like this one. Dessert. I don't yeah. know what I don't know what lunchables you eat. Well, you, she but, usually does. She usually does the lunchables. That was but, his throwback to the uh, yeah to the right. charcuterie. Yeah, and, I'm uh, sorry, I threw you off. Yeah. Go ahead. I, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's offensive, but I, it's just it's just, <laughs> it's just it's just is. It it just is. But no, it was it was, it was a good time. So uh, we set up a bunch of. She put like rum cake and pineapple cake, little little bunts everywhere, and lots of cookies. And I I I probably got a video of it somewhere. And I'll, I'll, maybe I'll maybe I'll post it on our. Uh, but, but yeah, 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 yeah on, the, on the on the on the uh, our Instagram. Little cross speak, organizational uh, right. advertising. Speaking of Instagram, I'm Andre, and uh, you can catch me at Super Dre on Instagram. So what's up, Brian? What's up? How are you? Hey, Dre. What's going on with me? Um, see, I just I've been doing a lot of crime. Uh, went on a high speed chase this weekend. Led the police on a on a rousing high speed chase through the city. There were icy were, roads. Were you in Liberty City? No, I was I was in Tulsa. Oh, uh, I just added myself to all of our all of the terrorists. You did. I just doxed myself. Yeah, I'm in Tulsa. I'm like a major like criminal influence here, and I. There was the high speed chase. There was the uh, the car crash. There was the I, was I Sylvester know. Stallone and the Tulsa King with you when you? I wish. Man. You... I've been look. I've been looking for him. Um, but I'm just kidding. None of that happened. Nothing. Nothing fun happened to me. Uh-huh. I for it. I made that up. I, I, you guys always have stuff going on. I mean, you you I, had I, me going. I felt left out. Yeah, I'll do better next time. I do better. Right, okay. I'll I'll come up with something more. Uh, just subtly more believable. Yeah. A little bit more closer to reality. Yeah. Okay. We'll do. Matt, right what's going on. on to you, man? Man, uh, we're surviving the uh, the ice apocalypse that just happened here in Oklahoma. Um, not a lot for me personally. Uh, the wife's got a lot more things going on, also. So she uh, just was uh, selected to join to be a part of another one of these. Um, I don't want to call it pageant, but it's a like a it's a platform. So she's going to be um, crowned Miss Achievement, I think is what it's called. Miss Achievement. Um, 
Yeah. So I she's she's continuing this to continue her push for veterans and homeless uh, awareness. So she's got a uh, crowning event that's going to be going on, and she decided to have it at the VA home here down in the south side of south side of Oklahoma. And she's specifically bringing all of the old women veterans that live in this home to be around for the crowning, and she's going to let the women wear the crown, and it's going to be a cute little event. Oprah um, Mae Johnson's going to be there. It sounds yeah, like. that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, little, little, um, I guess a, a preview for the for the fans. We've got an event going on here in a couple of months, and uh, General Michael Flynn's going to be in town uh, for for a thing, and the uh, the Mount Hermeneutics crew is going to be uh, in attendance. So uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to see you guys in person. Um, other than us, that, you know, I had the wife. Three. I had the, the wife producers. rip out the uh, the make the merch for me, so I've got the the branded gear on today. Oh man! And, uh, Boom! Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, so, we didn't coordinate. Uh, I could have could have worn my yeah wore my my jam, but so uh, other than that, not not too much more. Um, you know, it, uh, it rained here in Southern California, despite what Tony 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 says. Uh, it, it is raining, and it rained for hours in a row, like. <laughs> multiple multiple hours the the problem with this is in san diego there's very limited drainage right and um and to compound that people are just throwing stuff into spots that should be draining like mattresses and uh, a lot of a lot of homeless gear and things so things are not draining and uh i5 you know completely flooded out and you're you have to like forge nice the river as you're as you're driving down hmm. interstates so that's always a good time yeah we, we've we've had a couple of fatalities here uh, in the last 24 hours uh, on the freeways these semi trucks are all over the roads i mean we got a solid inch inch and a half of just perfectly clear ice it was uh it was a wild day today the black ice if you will yeah i got out and about in it i was ooting a boot um my daughter who is a uh, first responder when she was home last night, it was already starting to ice. And she told me that the wife and I were not allowed to get out in the ice because it was going to be dangerous. So I had oh, places please. to go. I had to go do stuff. Um, so that Carrie sent me a text and said, Alyssa's mad. student becomes the master. Yeah. She's like, Alyssa's <laughs> mad that you're out and about. I was like, ask her to remind her who taught her how to drive in the ice. So, uh, you know, I'm not quite ready to have the, the driver's license taken away just yet, Alyssa. <laughs> I got I got so I, 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 right. I got a little bit longer in me. So, uh, but it was it was cute. Um, and I get it. You know, they're out there. We we, we had apparently a uh, someone smashed into a fire truck. Um, you know, we got uh, ambulances slipping and sliding, and we also had uh, as we're talking about the the fatalities and stuff. We had a uh, care flight helicopter go down a couple of days ago, and we lost the crew. Yeah. So it's been a wild couple of days Dang. here in all seriousness. Yeah. There was a little, I don't want to get into the personal part, but a little second, two degrees of separation from Alyssa. So, you know, it's a small community. That, that, um, that's wild too. Cause when, when Delani had her life light, uh, yeah. when we were in Arizona, they asked her what her two fears were and her fears were aliens Crashing in a helicopter <laughs> and, and, and yeah. helicopters. Yeah. And she's like, well, we're not going to crash. Yeah. This one, apparently they had but just there's aliens. It. Yeah. Right. Like well, they couldn't help her with the alien part. They're like, we have one thing under our control, not crashing. Yeah, aliens. So yeah, so that was that. But uh, other other than that, you no. Know, um, just kind of sitting around thinking about having some uh, bacon wrapped shrimp. I don't Oof. know. If, was that? 
don't know. What do you think? Is what, that a good idea? Why why are you a sinner, Matt? <laughs> <I don't... laughs> yeah. Well, it was funny. So for the listeners, I I we knew we were going to talk about this topic, and I I saw a video hit my uh my inbox or my feed right right as we were prepping for the show. And it was a guy, and I don't know his religious affiliation, but it said, uh, these are all the things Christians aren't allowed to eat or drink. And then it cuts, and he's holding a thing of gain uh, detergent. And it was, you know, basically saying all things are available, right? Um, which was really funny to me that that came up just as we were about to do the show. Even Tide Pods, they're kosher, apparently. Right. According I, to that I, video. I think it was implied that the whole genre of of uh, detergent was off limits, I think is what he was implying. But Well, the yeah. denomination I grew up in A says lot of that Tide Pods are okay to eat. And in fact, if you don't eat Tide Pods, you don't have any faith. Well, I would say that one might ask, show me in the Bible where it says you're not allowed to eat Tide Pods. That's true. So, yeah, you know, there's that also. Good point. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah. we're going to say, Dre? I, I was going to say, there's, there's lots of lots of explanations for whether or not food is good or or not good, and tons of interpretations mm -hmm. of you know the New Testament and things that Jesus said and things that Paul said. But uh, what was what was the original point with the with the with the Levit Leviticus? Uh, you, you mean dietary in our, restrictions in our right. discussion or in the Bible? In the, in Bible, the Bible, Brian. Okay. Well, the B I B L E. That's the book for me. All right. We had a we had a lot. We were discussing a lot of things that day, and uh, but uh, Brian, I find that it's really hard for us to bring you know a, a six hour uh, <clears throat> intense typed discussion onto a show and then recap it all. That would be next. Yeah, possible. I don't. So we I really don't just kind of have to just roll with it. I, and I, I don't think we should do that. Yeah. Uh, I, my reason for bringing it up in the in the discussion between us is there's actually a different, better reason, a more general reason to, that kind of that it sort of touches on what we talked about, but it kind of it's it's actually more more general. See, I don't think this is up for interpretation, um, and it kind of touches on other things that the you know there's there's always this uh, objection by skeptics that. Well, there are so many denominations of Christianity, and everybody has their different interpretation, and uh, which which is true, and that suggests that the Bible is just inscrutable. It's so ambiguous that we nobody can come to it and read the same thing. Um, I totally reject that. I think that if you just read the Bible without an agenda, without a commitment to a to a prior denomination it's pretty straightforward on these things and and it and this kind of lends itself to a, a a broader discussion um not only is it straightforward on these things but there's a there's a there's an underlying attitude but among the writers that these it's a matter of life and death that of salvation and damnation that that we get these things right and some things just aren't open to interpretation and there's a there, there's a definite moral dimension to reading reading the scripture and taking it at its word and applying it. The ambiguity comes into play where where your priority is not reading the scripture and 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 understanding it and and living it out. It's it's typically because you have some kind of prior agenda, and it's and that's not even unique to the Bible. Um, 
the U.S. Constitution is pretty straightforward in, in its language. Um, and it wasn't that long ago that the framers, they wrote down all of their reasons for each for each part of it. Um, yet you have the president of the United States treating the Second Amendment as if it's about hunting. And, you know, every time he quips about how deer don't have Kevlar vests, I just I, I, I weep for the country as people think it's about hunting when it's clearly not. But it's but, but the point is it's that the issue is not that the Constitution is difficult to understand. It's that people don't like what it says. So they try to lawyer it to make it say something that's more amenable to their their biases and their prejudices and their wishful thinking. Um, we do the same thing with the Bible. We do that. We really do that with everything. We do that with science. We do that with, uh, you know, there are, there are 20 different mainstream interpretations of quantum mechanics. And it because, well, quantum mechanics is pretty, pretty, it's a pretty, that part is kind of ambiguous, but there are also philosophical commitments that people bring to it. Um, so, you know, it's not unique to the Bible, but as far as, and to demonstrate that the dietary laws, um, I, the, the scriptures about it are pretty straightforward and they touch on ideas that kind of run through the entire Bible, um, First and foremost, you have Genesis 9, 1 through 3, um, when after Noah and his sons exit the ark, God makes a covenant with all of humanity through Noah. And he tells them that uh, <clears throat> just as I gave you the green plants for food, now I give you everything, everything that lives and moves and has the breath of life in it, I give to you for food. Only do not, uh, you know, do not eat, do not drink the blood. And I will have to give an account for every human, like human is off the menu. Um, or at least you can't take human life. You and I talked about whether cannibalism was. Hold on, hold on. Was... So, so it says that every everything is is given for food. Yeah, before yeah. Leviticus, but that's yeah. clearly not the case because there's a lot of things that are natural that are absolutely poisonous and will fucking kill you. Well, okay, but it doesn't. But you can you can eat those and 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 die oh. if you want. But well, hang on. Let me hang let me on. let me well, read then, exactly then what it, then it says. It's not Just... food. Well, that's not exactly true though. I mean, all animals. There's not a poisonous animal. There's animals that have poisonous glands, right? So, like even even pufferfish can be eaten if you're handling it properly, right? Well, let me let me just read it verbatim, and and you can, you know, tell tell me what you think. Uh, this is pre-Israelite, so this is yes. interesting. Mm -hmm. this, yeah, this is Genesis chapter pre-Sethites. <laughs> uh, this is post-Sethites. Is it? Oh yes, yeah. yeah. oh, right. oh no, the, sorry, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. my bad, my bad. Um, this is the rule of of the Anunnaki. So yep. <laughs> okay. Then God blessed Noah and his son, saying to them, "Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. The fear and dread of you will fall on all the beasts of the earth and, and on all the birds of the sky, on every creature that moves along the ground, and on all fish in the sea. They are given into your hands. Everything that lives and moves about you will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants." I now give you everything, but you must not eat meat that has its lifeblood still in it. And for your and for your lifeblood, I will surely demand an accounting. I will demand an accounting from every animal. That's that's all, there's a whole sermon that you could get from that. And from each human being too, I will demand an accounting for the life of another human being. Whoever sheds human blood by humans shall their blood be shed. For the image of God has God made mankind. As for you, be fruitful and increase in number, multiply on the earth, and uh, and increase upon it. So, I mean, I think that's that's pretty straightforward you can you can eat anything and everything 
that lives and moves and has the breath of life in it. Is it a good idea? Is it is everything necessarily healthy or safe if you don't prepare it right? Probably not, but that's, that's what it says. Um, so it's that's basically just saying nothing's forbidden. Yeah, except Ca for, caveat emptor, but it's not forbidden. Yeah, except for blood and and human. Um, as long as right, you're not killing them, for, as long as you're not killing them for food. <laughs> uh, I would. That's I how would I take it. Well, I mean, if you're stuck on a, you know, any... well, you have to understand you can't you can't strangle a man because the lifeblood will still be. You got to <laughs> slit his throat, bleed him out, hang him upside hang him down by his ankles. That's right, and, and then uh, I... you know drain all that out of there, and then and then we're good. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would think I think it's implied, but I mean, I mean, you um... can surely do it to white people, and you can and not and totally get away with it. Like we, I can just the fact that I can even say that that I can just kill white people, especially hang if upside down. And drain are, the lifeblood out of their are, neck. What are the, the the black Israelites? The, so, the black Hebrew Israelites. Black Hebrew Israelite, Israelites. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So so, that went so 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 that's interesting, Brian. So that's obviously before Leviticus from a chronological point of view, right? Right. So and then, so then, what happens in Leviticus? It's before even an, a covenant with Israelites, right? Because it's, it's right. pre Abraham, right? Right. And just just to kind of review the history for just um, this was after the flood. Uh, that Shem, the one of the three sons of Noah, he's the ancestor. It, it's 10 generations from Shem to Abraham, and it parallels the 10 generations from Adam to Noah, which is signifies a, a new creation. That's that's just background. But then Abraham, father of Isaac, father of Jacob, uh, who became Israel, father of the, the 12 tribes who then were led out of Egypt by Moses. When they got the law and in leviticus chapter 20 um there's a there's another earlier portion where the specific dietary law is given <clears throat> like what you can't eat what you can't eat and then it and then in chapter 20 he uh it, it lists it gives a list of sins that that uh specific sins that are forbidden like sin by definition is forbidden but it's kind of giving a it's giving the names rather than just being like, you know better. You'll know it when you see it. They're, they're like, no, it's this, 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 and this. Right. Like, don't sacrifice your children to Moloch. Um, <laughs> don't uh, don't don't turn to mediums yes. and spiritists to prostitute yourselves by following them. Uh, consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am Yahweh your God. Keep my decrees and follow them. I am Yahweh who makes you holy. Don't curse father and mother. No adultery, no sex with your uh, your dad's wife, uh, no sex with your daughter-in-law, no no incest, basically, no bestiality, no homosexuality. Sorry, current year. Um, da, 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 da. Then in verse twenty-two, the the part that's relevant to us: keep all my decrees and laws and follow them, so that the land where I am bringing you to live may not vomit you out. You must not live according to the customs of the nations I'm going to drive out before you, because they did all these things, the, the bestiality, the homosexuality, the incest, the adultery, the cursing mother, father and mother, the, the child sacrifice, because they did all these things, I abhorred them. But I said to you, you will possess their land. I will give it to you as an inheritance, a land flowing with milk and honey. I am Yahweh, your God, who has set you apart from the nations. You must therefore make a distinction between clean and unclean animals, between unclean and clean birds. Do not defile yourselves by any animal or bird or anything, anything that moves along the ground. Those I have set apart as unclean for you. 
you are to be holy to me because I, Yahweh, am holy. I have set you apart from the nations to be my own. So the point of the dietary laws was to keep them separate from the nations. Like from, from that, there's nothing. It isn't the eating bacon or shrimp is, is inherently wrong. The, the entire point of it. And it, in the context of Leviticus, it, that the dietary laws are just part of it. There's also laws about um, like not wearing mixed fabrics. Um, Israelite men aren't to clip the edges of their beards. Um, you're not to plant two kinds of seeds in the same field. Um, like there's the, there's this, like the, the running preoccupation mm -hmm. with all of these, with all of these distinctions is keeping keeping things in their proper categories. And that's to, dr to drill into them that you belong in a, in a holy category. You are distinct from the nations. The point of it was <clears throat> he didn't want them, he didn't want them eating with Gentiles. He didn't want them dressing like Gentiles. He didn't want them doing agriculture like Gentiles. The whole point of it was to keep, keep the Israelites weird in, in essence, so that they wouldn't, if, if, if there were these cultural barriers then that would prevent them from adopting their religious practices, from 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 abandoning God so, and worshiping their gods. That's, and, that, no, I, I get it. So let me ask this: Is there <clears throat> is there a position to take that any of those thou shouts or all of them? I, I heard you. So assuming that we're in agreement that the, the goal was to keep them weird, right? Which I hate that right. phrasing because of Austin, Texas, but that's a different issue. Um, but I get the point, right? You're going to be different, set apart. Yeah. Is it possible that all of those thou shouts were intended to be ridiculously metaphorical rather than literal? I'll give you an example. Well, just like the fabrics or so sowing two types of seed in the same ground. Like a metaphor for what though? To be weird. Like that these are the things that people do in the modern era. Don't be like the modern era. Well, I mean, they took them literally. I, I, I didn't say can... did they take them literally? I said, is there is there is there a, a read that says these things were said to be understood to be metaphorical and they were mis they were they were they were wrongly taken to be hyper literal? No, because as you as you read on in in the in the Bible, um, there there's a and I was I have a, I have a few more passages that I'm gonna kind of go through. I'm not gonna read them to that that level of I'm 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 just going to reference them I'm not going to read them all verbatim um but to to kind of illustrate how they took this um you know the the, the consist the recurring pattern in the bible is of Israel where they go and they you know there's a few times when they rebel against Moses and and there's a plague that punishes them right. and and uh and this kind of plays into to my overall point like uh you know when they when um, Balaam, son of Beor, on behalf of King Balak, enticed them to to sleep with Moabite women and to worship their gods and debauch themselves. Um, like Phineas, uh, I think it was Caleb and Phineas. I think it was Phineas. Um, anyway, he went around murdering people for doing that. I, I want to say murdering. He killed them. He speared them. 
he was praised. It was it was said it was reckoned to him as righteous. Like that's how seriously they took this this distinction mm -hmm. from the Gentiles. And you have this recurring pattern of them, like Joshua leads them into the promised land. They're they're faithful to the covenant for for a minute, and then that generation dies, and then they they pour themselves out to other gods. Um, God sends the plagues or lets their enemies invade them and, and oppress them. They cry out for for deliverance. God sends a judge to tell them, "Hey, this is happening because you you broke the covenant. You're mixing with these other with these, these other people." Um, he lead, they lead the judge leads them out of it they're faithful for another minute or two and then it, they just keep repeating this cycle and uh on up to the prophets um and the prophets specifically mention how they're they're you know they're eating unclean foods you're you're not you're not obeying the terms of the covenant like they're everything about it indicates they took this literally and uh in in every regard and you know the way Jews dressed and groomed themselves is 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 an issue also. But then you get to Ezekiel. I mean, as Ezra chapter nine. Um, just to review, uh, the book of Ezra is set after. So God exiles them to Babylon for continually breaking the covenant, worshiping other gods. Promises them after seventy years, um, I will I will I will come and bring you back to the to the promised land and and. Uh, so this happens, and Ezra is uh, King Artaxerxes of Persia's cupbearer, and he uh, no, that's Nehemiah. I'm sorry, Ezra is a Ezra's a scribe, but anyway, he's he's basically the uh, the religious leader during the return from exile um, under in Zerubbabel, who is of the line of David. He's the governor, and this is when the prophet Zechariah and Haggai and Malachi were active in their 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 books talk about this but there's this there's this episode in Ezra chapter 9 where uh um the complaint by Ezra is that they had uh the Israelites who were still in in the land they they married uh foreign women they married uh the people of Israel including the priests and Levites have not kept themselves separate from the neighboring peoples with their detestable practice like those of the Canaanites Hittites Perizzites Jebusites Ammonites Moabites they have taken some of their daughters as wives for, the, for themselves and their sons they have mingled the holy race with the peoples around them and the leaders and the officials have led the way in this unfaithfulness and so there's this is a big outrage and he makes them divorce their wives um now that sounds really harsh and there's and if you read the prophet Malachi, there's there's a passage where through the prophet, God condemns their intermarriage with these other uh, these other races. Um, but then he condemns divorce. He says, I hate divorce. And like it, there's there's a, there's a bit of a polemic going on there mm -hmm. between the prophet Malachi and what Ezra did. Like Ezra's solution to this was to have them divorce their wives and send them and their kid, their half-breed kids away so that they can keep the... the, the Those damn half-breed kids. Yeah. Um, and there's... Some people have interpreted Malachi as condemning that. Like, that wasn't the right... Like, it was, it was wrong that they did it, but the solution wasn't what God wanted. They kind of over... They kind of overkilled it. But the, the point of it is that that's... They had just come back from exile. They had learned this really painful lesson about the importance of keeping the covenant and keeping it to the letter to the extent that they, you know, they they divorced their they they basically destroyed their families 
to start them over again rather than have that violate that. My point isn't to to weigh the right or wrongness or that. My point is to illustrate that's how seriously they came to take these laws after the exile. That's how they that's how they understood them. Um that it like we're like God's not screwing around. We need to take this seriously. Um don't eat don't eat food that's not on the list. Um don't adopt don't we need to keep Leviticus to the letter or we're going to get exiled again. More bad stuff is going to happen. So then when, by the time you get to the, to Jesus, um, you know, when the Pharisees are talking, when he talks about the Pharisees, you know, doing their tithe and they're, they're tithing a 10th of the spices they grow in the garden. Like that's how seriously they're taking this. Um, and so, you know, that's, it occurs to me that, so if if the purpose of that is to keep keep the Israelites and the Jews separate, um, it's the point is not that it's wrong as as a universal rule for Gentiles to eat bacon and, and shellfish, because if everybody adopted that dietary practice, it wouldn't accomplish its purpose. It wouldn't keep the Jews weird or keep them distinct as a culture. It would it would just be something everybody did. And it wouldn't it wouldn't be a cultural signifier that you're a Jew. So, mm-hmm. like clearly from that purpose, God does not have a problem with Englishmen such as myself, um, Gentiles eating pork and shellfish. Um, and that's illustrated in Acts chapter nine. Is that the dream with the curtain and all that? I'm sorry, Acts chapter ten. Yeah, Peter is in, uh, I think he's in Joppa. No, he's in Caesarea. Um, no, Peter's in Joppa. And he, he was hungry, right? Yeah, he and he had a vision of a, uh, let's see, about noon the following day. Let me let me get the right stuff so I'm not uh, butchering it in, from memory. Um, it says there's a, at Caesarea, there's a man named Cornelius. He was a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment, regiment so he's a Roman. Um, he was a God, he was what's called a God fearing Gentile, not a Jew, hadn't converted to Judaism, but he was aware of it. He was, a he was, uh, you know, interested in the God of Israel. He, he worshiped him. Um, and then about noon, the following days are on their journey. He would, he get told to go see Peter and Joppa by a, a, uh, by an angel. Peter has this vision about noon, the following days are on their journey and approaching the city. Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. While the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contains all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken up to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon was known as Peter was there. So um, anyway, they they take him with him to meet Cornelius. What's with and, Peter? He needs three times to be told shit. Like, what's... <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. He's, he don't, he don't like, listen so good. He's like, nah, not yeah. okay. <laughs> I, think, I think you heard me just fine, Punchy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Peter. So, Peter, you're three. I don't know. So he gets taken to Caesarea, 
Cornelius was expecting them and called them together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But P Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I'm only a man myself. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. So that's how they took that passage from Leviticus. Um, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. I asked why you sent me. And then Cornelius tells him about his vision. And then he preaches the gospel to him. And uh, Peter, then Peter began to speak. And I realized how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. And uh, so he preaches the gospel to them. But the, the, the bottom line is that uh, those laws existed, that they were, they were temporary and provisional for the purpose of keeping the Jews separate as a people. When Christ died on the cross for the sins of the world, it reads that the temple, the, the curtain in the temple was torn in two. And this was the, the temple that, that separated the Holy of Holies from where, where the Ark of the Covenant had been kept and where God's presence was dwelled that had been that it said it was torn in two from top to bottom which is clearly a, a miracle and in indicating that the that access to, to god is now open because because christ has fulfilled the law um judaism was basically packaged for export at this point like it was meant to be just for jews um but because Christ died for the sins of the world, he fulfilled the law. He it, he brought it to its completion and consummation, um, rising from the dead and then sending the Holy Spirit. The Spirit, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit descending on the day of Pentecost was a parallel to, and I probably should have set this up earlier, but you read in the book of, of Exodus after Moses gets the law, um, he gets the, uh, you know, while they're worshiping the golden calf, because they need this visible symbol of God, of, of, of a deity's presence. God is giving Moses the instructions for that very symbol of his presence through the Ark of the Covenant, through the tabernacle. Um, and then there's the whole episode of, of God saying he's going to leave them because of, because of their rebellion. And Moses pleads on their behalf and changes God's mind. And then, so the, the climax of that is when they finally build the Ark of the Covenant in the tabernacle in the last chapter of Exodus, the glory cloud of God's presence descends upon the tabernacle. And it's, it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a big moment after God had threatened to leave them for the rebellion now, because of Moses' intercession, he's staying with them. And so this is like this is a like a huge cosmic deal. The God of the universe is now dwelling with man through the tabernacle. Um that's 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 what they they base their identity as a nation, as God's chosen people. It was based on this moment of God dwelling among them. And this is repeated when Solomon builds the temple. And he brings the Ark of the Covenant into it, and it consecrates it. It says the cloud, the glory cloud of God's presence descended. The priests couldn't go into it to minister because the 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 cloud of God's presence, and there was thunder and lightning, and it was this this glorious moment that kind of repeated that event. Um, it was like a, another occurrence of Sinai, and then Ezekiel, he had his when he had his 
when God warned him that the Babylonians were about to come destroy the temple, he had a vision of that very cloud of God's glory leaving the temple. So <clears throat> when the Jews returned from exile and they rebuilt the temple, there's a there's a line in 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 the book of Ezra after they rebuilt the temple where the the young people they're all rejoicing because they now they're they've returned from exile they have a temple but the older people who remembered the first temple they were weeping because it kind of kind of sucked in comparison it, it wasn't they they understood that they were they were basically still in exile because God's presence had not returned to the temple God was not dwelling among them in the sense that he was before until the day of Pentecost after Jesus's death and resurrection when when it reads that uh they were all praying together in the upper room and a and a violent wind from heaven blew and fire and fire from heaven came upon them in tongues of fire and then they they spoke in other tongues this was basically god's presence returning to them ending the exile for the church um but because because the because it was a new covenant the dietary laws no longer apply it, this wasn't immediately obvious to them. They had to cut. They were there was kind of a learning curve. Peter needed that vision to discover this. I mean, it was it, it, it's kind of interesting how like we have this idea that the apostles just immediately knew everything when the Holy Spirit came upon them. But no, there's definitely a learning curve. They had to kind of figure this stuff out as they went. So Peter had this vision, um, but then you you might. Recall from reading Paul's letters, the first major controversy within the church was whether Gentiles needed to convert to Judaism in order to follow Jesus Christ. And the answer by the, the by the Jerusalem Council was a resounding no. Of course, by conversion to Judaism, they they typically spoke in terms of circumcision. Circumcision, yeah. Right. But that was kind of a catch-all for like that was the most daunting conversion, right? Because you think. Yeah, especially um, for I, grown men without uh, yeah, without I can clinical conditions. Yeah, I can yeah. I can cut things out of my diet. I don't want to cut <laughs> easy, things easy. Off, yeah. off my member. <laughs> but so the, so that's kind of like when you, but when they talk about circumcision, what what he really means is is that as a catch all for this is how much with, this is how devoted I am that I'm willing to do all of these things. Right. Yeah. But once you once you're circumcised, then like if you cross that threshold, then you know you cut out bacon and shrimp and all the other I mean stuff you may that, as well. Yeah. <laughs> but that's you, why you, you have cut lots of other things out. So you may as well just go ahead and cut that out. So that's basically what's at stake in Galatians chapter two when uh Paul talks about how uh when Cephas Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. So, I mean, he's eat the circumcision group and eating with Gentiles. That's kind of that goes hand in hand because we're talking about the, you know, the, the all these cultural signifiers that kept the Jews distinct as a people, starting with circumcision. Mm -hmm. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so, so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, 
you were a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile, not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? And then this, the rest of the book of uh, the epistle to the Galatians comes into play where he he explains how these these cultural signifiers don't do anything to justify to justify you before God. God is not impressed by Gentiles or anybody at this point eating not eating uh, bacon or shellfish or observing all of the other. So, so that's that was that's the following. That's the question that first comes to my mind. Is the dietary restrictions are easy to focus on because they're. They're kind of cut and dry and they're straightforward. And plus we can make all the jokes about bacon because it's delicious and all that kind of stuff, right? And we're Americans. Right. But it begs the question, does this mean, are we saying that all of Leviticus is out the door? Definitely not. Because um, if you remember when I read that 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 chapter, if you relive it, if you read Leviticus chapter 20, <coughs> It lists all these things that that God called abominations mm -hmm. or that He abhorred, right. like all the sexual stuff, right. the, the mediums, the mm -hmm. uh, child sacrifice. And He said that because because the nations you dispossessed practice these things, I drove them out. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't have the Book of Leviticus, they didn't have the Law of Moses, they didn't have right. a covenant with God. But these things that they were doing that God forbade the Israelites from doing, um. They did those things, and that's why he he abhorred them. Um, it was it was to prevent mixing with with those people. Right. I, I I get all of that. So then, how do, how does one how does one read into what is and isn't obviated or fulfilled through the death of Christ? Can you elaborate on that? Are mixed fabrics okay now? Yeah, because the point of that, like the whole point of the not mixing, don't don't eat, un make a distinction between the unclean and the clean. The the whole point of that was to keep them this was to be a cultural signifier that. And the reason them. why they were unclean because they did all those abhorrent <laughs> things. Right, but the point is so like when I say all of Leviticus, there's a lot to unpackage in Leviticus. Of, right. the, of the shalls and shall nots, right? Um, women have to leave town when they're menstruating, which I'm in favor of bringing back. But that's a different conversation. Um, yeah. Like, is that still on the table? Like, my point is, is it, it feels like there's a slippery slope now to start carving out parts of Leviticus that we should keep and parts that we shouldn't. And I know there's some obvious ones, right? Like this isn't me trying to be slick and go, ha ha, we can be gay. Like that's Aha, not, we can sacrifice children. That's not what I'm getting at. There's some things that are obviously bad no matter what, but obvious to me, right? Well, okay. And then there's things that are obvious to some other people. Like, you know, there's, 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 there's the one verse that's about tattooing, right? But it has spe says specifically about, you know, to dead to the dead or something like that, right? So does that mean all tattoos are evil? Or what if I put my dad's name on my arm because he just passed away? Well, Is that a tattoo to the dead? Did your dad just pass away? No. 
No, Mike, Mike, Mike's Wait. listening to this right now. Oh. He probably just went, why, did I just die? What, what, yeah. no, why I got to die, Matthew? <laughs> yeah, Matthew, why I got to die? No, but my point was that's what people do, Yeah. right? So you my point- scared me for a second, though. You just kind of- I think I would have led like, with what? that as like important things going yeah. on in my life if my father had just passed. Um, Hence my surprise. Yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> sorry. He's like, man. Mike, Mike Moore is alive and cool. kicking. Um, <laughs> but glad, my, but, glad you're still around, Mike. <laughs> I think he's the most glad. Um, yeah, because I mean, he, he's he's like the fan of Brian. Like, right? You boys need to leave him alone now. Thank <laughs> but, you, Mike. But but I, but my question stands right. Like, h- how does one parse all of the things that are listed in Leviticus and then rightly understand what should and shouldn't be kept in versus out? Well, I think the bottom line is that Leviticus. This is part of God's covenant with the Israelites. So the the default setting is that none of it really applies to us unless in context it tells us that it does. Like the part like in Leviticus 20, like it, it a lot of modern commentators make the distinction between what they call the ceremonial law and the moral law. Which I don't, right. I don't, I don't like that wording, but it's it's as good a way to categorize it as any. I I would quibble with the wording, but I I would say that it, when you understand that that when it, it says explicitly that the reason for the Israelites to make this distinction from the between the clean and the unclean, like don't don't eat foods that I have set apart for you, as unclean, that clearly only applies to them. The the whole it, it clearly in, intends to keep them distinct from non-Jews, i.e., us. Um, but at the same time, when you when you see the things that God abhors, that other nations did, it, it's it's still a good guide to God's character, to what God values, and and also like put a pin in that, but also consider like what Paul said in Romans. What he meant he's he's talking about. The role of the law and and the uh, and what it means to Jews and what it means to be a Jew who has the law. Um, but the law only matters if you keep the law. Um, and the whole point of the Bible of, of the narrative of the Bible, of the Old Testament, is that the Jews had the law but continually failed to keep the law. But then he says that Gentiles who do not even when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature things required by the law, they are a law unto themselves, showing that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their conscience is accusing, sometimes even defending them. And the, the point is that like the, the moral stuff, according to the Bible, we don't need the Bible to find out what mora- what's moral. We already we already know that by our conscience. Things that we already know by our conscience, the Bible makes explicit. So there, there's not really much there that it, it's not that difficult to interpret in terms of what what God wants of non-Jewish Christians. Don't murder. I mean, honor your honor your mother and father is universal. Um, don't steal. Don't commit adultery. Um, all the stuff in Leviticus that's, I, I think most of it's pretty apparent that it what's what's there as a cultural signifier and what's there as uh, 
as a moral command because it says so. I, because they because these nations did these things, I abhorred them. So if you do those things, whether you're a Jew or not, God's going to abhor you. Don't do it. Um, I, no, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that. Um, I don't recall it being that collective to where it's like, these are the things that God abhors and then don't mix fabrics and eat unclean animals. Like it was all lumped together. Well, I think if you read like Leviticus 20, well, again, the default is he's speaking to his covenant people. He's making a covenant with a certain people, not with every other people. I understand. I get that. I mean, I, I, my, my question isn't, does Leviticus, everything in Leviticus apply to every, every Gentile Christian? I'm more thinking about, I mean, in, in all seriousness, and it's maybe this is an academic discussion all the way around, but I'm, I'm thinking about it from the terms of a, a Jewish Christian, right? Well, so, yeah, and... And so let's say you say you're of the tribe of Levi and you believe in Jesus, right? Yeah. At, now, at what point do you? But, but they no longer have to stay separated from us, though. They no I understand have that. To. I, I understand that. They don't have should to. They? From us, Christians or us, the world. Right? Us. There's there's two sides of that, I think, also. Right, right. Isn't there a distinction and, there? Which was so so right. Christians should distinguish themselves. It's kind of like and, and, and that we is were... the last point I wanted to make on that particular topic. But like, I'll just I'll put a pin. In, I'll put a pin in that. And right. So I mean, so that's right. two things, right? Dre, to your point is, are if let's say you're a Levite and you believe in Jesus, I don't know if there is any of those. If you are one, like tell us that'd be interesting. By the way, um, typically, if your last name is Cohen. You're you're of the the tribe of Kohath, which is a the priestly line for from Levi. So okay. there are modern people who are cool. who trace. Who trace I know a dude whose first name is Cohen. I wonder if that he looks Jewish. I don't know if he is, but I wonder it's if racist. I'm okay, so sorry. It's a, it's a reflex. It's a re we were just talking about. <laughs> yeah, before, um, before he the has show he, he has a Jewish last name as well, but um, uh. But like, so let's say you're a, a Christian Levite. Are you supposed to continue to keep yourself separate from the world? Question. You know, that's that's the first question. And well, then, do Christians, good intending, you know, attempting to be holy Christians, do they count as the world relative to a Levite, or are they part of the family? That is a very good set of questions. There are actually different questions. I would say. Yeah, um, I agree they are. So so Paul, who is like the guy who is against Gentiles having to be circumcised, having to, to eat according to the Jewish dietary laws, in Second Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 6, he writes, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. What do righteousness and wickedness have in mm -hmm. common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does the believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. That's to Gentile Christians in Corinth. And mm -hmm. so the entire point of 
as Paul argues against circumcision and Jews, uh, Jewish Christians separating themselves so they don't eat with Gentiles, um, these are just cultural signifiers that say, I am a Jew. This was like an artificial separation that God put there in Leviticus so that it's it's to it's to kind of keep them isolated culturally so they didn't they didn't adopt their practices of worship and morality we are to be christians are to be separate from the world in terms of our morality and our worship of god we're not to we're not to be yoked with unbelievers we're not to we're not to have anything in common with idols with actual like evil and immorality and and false worship that's a that's a separate issue from not eating bacon and shellfish because those are just artificial cultural signifiers to jews regarding those those cultural signifiers he says elsewhere that if you're you know if if you were circumcised when you when you came to christ don't seek to become uncircumcised if you are not circumcised when you come to christ don't seek to be circumcised if you're you know if if you're if you're a freed man, don't let yourself become a slave. If you're a, a, a slave, you know, don't worry that you're not a freedman, although get your freedom if you can. But the point is, like, you don't have to, like, all of these distinctions that that were so important to the Jewish people and, frankly, to other cultures, um, that, that, you know, if you're, the thinking was that if you're a Jew, you're special, you're one of God's people, and if you're not a Jew, you're outside of that that kind of thinking has been abolished or it should be for Christians. If you are a Jew and this is your culture, this is your, your cultural identity. You don't have to give that up. You can still keep culture. You can still do these things to honor your heritage and to maintain your cultural identity, but don't think that doing that justifies you before God. God, that that's, that's no longer a, an issue for God because there's but in Christ there's no Jew or Gentile there's no male or female there's no there's no barbarian or Greek no no slave or freedman in terms of status that is it doesn't mean men don't have roles women don't have roles or even that Jews don't have a role in history anymore that's distinct and that's distinct unto them as Jews but it does not make you right before God to to do these things so does that does that answer your question I, I i don't know that it does i mean i i get that it's somewhat a philosophical question slash answer right uh, so well the simple fact that you can't answer it with a with a four-word answer right like is this that it, it yes no right if you're answering it with a with a a paragraph answer I, that I think, implies I think that there's nuance, right? It, I think it, it matters why you do it, right? If you're if you're only doing things to impress God, then that's not really like. For for example, I don't, uh, you you don't, uh, if I don't have it in my heart that I'm that I'm doing stuff that impresses God, but I just do this thing as a check in the box, mm -hmm. then I didn't really do it. Right. Right. So no, I agree with so, that. 
like so even sometimes, like tithing and that kind of right. thing right sometimes we do with... these we also do these things to just kind of keep us focused and keep us on the right track i mean we were all three of us marines right like does it really matter if you wear white socks does it make you a better marine dre people die over that exactly right so but <laughs> that's it, actually but it a does, perfect illustration but it, but it does but it does distinguish us from other services the fact that we wear our hair a certain way that we stand a certain way that we that we speak a certain way and we conduct ourselves a certain way because we're not the other services that's, a, and that's we're actually a really not, good point we're, we're definitely not of the world right so being look, locked on and having a right. tight haircut doesn't make you a better better in the soldiering arts right right but it, but it does keep you in the mind because because a lot of things were for reason for reasons right you you covered your cup when you were at boot camp because that's the, later you're gonna throw a grenade right or certain ways you you walk and hold your tray with your arms parallel to the deck because that mattered in drill and then things in drill you know translated to combat formations which we don't even right. do anymore right so so the ceremonial portion of I'm, being I'm sorry. Wait, wait what we don't do what anymore. We, we don't, don't do drill. We don't we, fight in formation anymore. We don't, we don't fight in oh, drill oh. formations. I we don't left oblique into the enemy. I thought <laughs> you meant Marines don't do drill anymore. Well, that's debatable because I've I've watched some ceremonies. <laughs> I can't and, remember uh, the last time I did I drill have, before I got I might out. have you you probably do it as well as these dipshits do today. And uh hey, and, hang on, you know, I was actually pretty good at it. Oh, I can still do it. I still I was, do- I was bomb. Maybe that's why I'm taking so personal. Like yeah. that was a thing for me, right? Like it was my thing in sergeant's that, course. But that's actually did. like a perfect analogy. Um, but it's barely it, even an analogy. It's actually a like a it's a it's like a direct. Are you saying you know, Marines are right. God's chosen people? Well, well, duh. First of all, and it's just like things things of of the nature of. Well, I'm we, saying we I'm, lock I'm, I, we lock our body when we hear <laughs> when we hear the hymn, right? Or right. you stand up and you salute the flag, or you do things of that nature. But when you're back in the world. Because we're no longer Marines anymore, we don't. It doesn't make us better or worse if we don't do those things anymore. Well, and, but and it a, is, but it a is Marine... a good thing to kind of keep and remember those things. So when I hear the hymn, I still stand up, right? Like, yeah. I, and and the question that applies to the the question of the Jewish dietary laws and other cultural signifiers is, who does that matter to? Like, if you're if you're a Marine and you're a, you're observing Marine Corps custom. It doesn't necessarily make you more patriotic than somebody in the army. Right. Right. Um, it doesn't mean that you're. It, but if you're if you're not if you're not maintaining those customs among other Marines, well, they're gonna you're gonna hear about it. We're, they're gonna they're gonna haze you because you're not acting. You're in gonna line get you're gonna get a letter from the first sergeant. Right. You're not you're not honoring the shared identity that you have as Marines that you mm-hmm. should be proud of. Right. That you should. But you're not gonna get put in the brig for it. If, if you're, you know, if, you know, if one of us isn't acting in a way that's, that's, that's becoming of a Marine, right. I'm not going to lose my benefits. Right. I'm not going to, you know, but you'll be shamed by your fellow Marines as you should. And likewise, like modern Jews who, who embrace their Jewish identity, um, but believe in Jesus Christ, like their fellow Jews might be like, Hey, why aren't you, you know? keeping the sabbath or or why are you why are you why did you eat that that blt um well it matter it, it might matter to other jews and it might matter to that person as a jew but it it doesn't matter as far as they're standing with god anymore that's- does that does that apply with uh 
you know, all kinds of things we do to keep ourselves kind of in a in a spiritual mindset, right? Like uh, watching rated R movies or things with lots of sexual content or, um, you know, going to bars. Even if I'm not drinking, is it really the place that I should be, you know, if I'm trying to maintain a spiritual mindset? Is it, um, you know, I, I see that if you're, you know, you're fellowshipping with with people from work and, and doing things of that nature, but, you know, should I just leave my family and head out to a bar just because, you know, there's, I mean, none of those things are going to, you know, not get me into heaven, but if, if it doesn't keep my mindset where it's supposed to be, and then I start drifting and start worshiping Baal and sacrificing children, then, you know, maybe we, I should. We don't, we don't go to heaven, Dre. That's, uh, that's listen. a, that's a weird uh that was a weird escalation there you, you went to happy hour with your friends the next thing right. you know you're sacrificing you children know. to bail that's how it happens that's how I mean, people, people talk about you know you, you smoke cigarettes one day next thing you know you're fucking freebasing so you know it's it's a it's a gateway i'm saying happy hour is a gateway to, a pork, gateway to pork, pork, pork is the gateway mixed mixed fabric that's mixed fabric uh, I mean, we're 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 kind of joking, shadow. but I think that's no. I mean, but but this is the point that I was I was trying to get at, right? When I asked a question about you know, do we throw out all of Leviticus or not? Because you you made it sound as if like chapters one through twenty are are the 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 procedural laws, and then twenty one on is the moralistic stuff, and that's not the case. Like I no, spun back, I... I'm spinning back through it right now while we were talking, and like there's some like medical stuff mixed in the middle. Right, like education on how to know if a man has dermatitis on his scalp or not is mixed in here, right? Like there's some there's some stuff in here that that strikes me as not remotely spiritual. Well, there's there's actual doctors like nutritionists. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, no, there's stuff like, in listen, here. It's like you it's need like, to hey, do the kosher law is, because it's more healthy. Just is it a boil or it. not? And there's like a ver there's like chapter in here to explain how to determine if a boil is a disease or just a passing issue. Like yeah. there's stuff in here that is not, you know, high high spiritual content. Sure, but the the primary reason was that that cultural distinction. The point was not to at the time, yeah, that there there were medical considerations. That was an added bonus um, the, in keeping that whole like keeping. Uh, you know, this this would actually be a good callback to when you asked about what's metaphorical. In a way, it's it's not that they didn't take that part literally, but it was all part and parcel of like you keep you keep infection from spreading the way that you keep. Like that was the same thing as keeping I, I demonic influences. No, I, I agree with that. It's a way of keeping your people safe and clean. And, and that, clean is clean right. is like top to bottom, right? From inside out, like right. all of it. But that wasn't meant to lock in Bronze Age medicine for all time. Right. Um, like so that now that now that we, you know, now that we have different sanitation methods than what they used it's not that we should apply that in order to be righteous before god um but that but yeah that was all part of a package of keeping them even though we had to like make new uh slaughter laws even in, in america because we were doing it inhumanely and it actually caused disease like well if you didn't do it not a, too long ago in a, in a kosher way then you know e coli busts yeah. out right sure yeah no, and, and that's a so it's kind of a it's kind of a wise practice well, anyway. And 
and and that's that was where for those listening uh the conversation started with brian and i having a, a sporty conversation around around the kosher laws that is actually where my premise brian i just I, we didn't have time to get into it because it was overwriting and i don't i can't type at the rate that you do um and that's not a knock that's just i just don't write like that um because because right because so much of there's so many parts of leviticus that are you know quasi-science right like like i mentioned this health there's health stuff in here right i i find it i find it a challenge to just assume that the dietary part was spiritual and not and not scientific and not health-based because the foods that were specifically forbidden were the ones with the highest rates of food handling risk right shellfish pork, you've got trichinomasis, worms. Um, and with well, shellfish, you can just outright die if you're eating raw or, or and it easily spoils. Right. So, so they had to be told how to know if a boil was cancer or leprosy, just like they had to be told, Hey, don't eat these foods. Cause you're, you're, you people are too stupid and you don't have refrigeration. Don't worry. It's coming. But once you figure all that out, then I'm going to release some of these restrictions on you. Yeah, and and I wouldn't I, I wouldn't deny that a lot of that it, it was at play, but but it's a it's a bonus. Um, the main reason, which is what the text outright says, like it it's not it like any any anything beyond what you read in the text is an interpretation. Um, sure. That that it it, it wasn't just it might, clean and unclean either. Though we're talking about like any animal with a paw, you can't eat. Right. No, no, so well, it said it said a split. dogs and cats. No, it but, said but it, my it point said is that split it... hooves is you can right, but anything like you can't eat a horse, it's not a split hoof. You can't eat a dog, it's not a split hoof. It's got paws. You can't eat a rabbit, right? Those are those were no goes for for the dietary laws. Horses don't because they also hooves. they weren't ruminants. You had to eat you had to eat things that were ruminants. So like the cud, you had to chew the cud and right. have a split hoof. So right. a pig is not that. A right. rabbit, but is not that. But, but my point with the pig is like so. There's a lot of cultural not. There's non-Christian culture, right? And I learned this through a different. For, I'll, get, I'll explain what what I'm getting at. This or at. or nocturnal birds. You can't eat bats. Right. Or owl. Well. Or I think Wuhan was a good a good uh, uh, cautionary tale on why you shouldn't eat bat. But that's a different. Just saying, issue. stay kosher, stay or, alive. Or not bat outside of the Wuhan lab. <laughs> right. Not from the wet the wet market. The wet um, market of Wuhan. Right. But but wow. there's a Aina. there's a lot of cultures pr pr previous cultures right like older primitive cultures um, that believed pigs to be dirty and this was their logic right that pigs lay in their filth they lay in the slop in the mud right in the muck and that clearly not just has a the eyeball test says it's dirty right like you're like oh they're laying in their own filth they're 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 so dirty they're willing to do that well there's a biology thing at at, at work here right pigs don't sweat. Pigs don't have a uh, an, an ability to radiate their own heat out of their bodies like most other animals do, and so they lay in wet ground to not die. Like it's literally a survival mechanism. And how I know this, my brother John, shout out, uh, was in 4-H or, or FFA as a kid, and he raised pigs for shows. This is what you know us country folk in, in, in Oklahoma do. Um, if pigs are given the option of an air conditioned clean environment they will choose that over mud, right? Like a pig will choose to be clean if he's given the option to not die of heat exhaustion and heat stroke. So 
the point of that is simply to say, it has nothing to do with the Bible, by the way. I'm just making a point that cultures that had an instinct that pigs were dirty, it was the... <laughs> It was the the people that were keeping the pigs that were forcing Black that were forcing the 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 filthiness of the pig, right? Because again, when they created air conditioned, they, they wouldn't let them go in air conditioning, right? They like how them. dare those those terrible like biblical inhumane people. those damn Israelites. But but anyway, <laughs> I only bring that part up to say you know makes me wonder that if these people lived in a cold climate rather than a warm climate and the pigs didn't have to dive into its lay in its own muck to be not dead well a if pig will same... grow hair in a in like a week right right like right. it'd be a live boar down in arkansas so again that it, it and, and by the way brian that's the whole background part of what makes me kind of look at this and go is this 100% spiritual or is it 80% well food safety that they put the spirituality on top of? And I'm okay with that, by the way. I'm not saying how dare they have done this, right? It's just, I I, I, I have a, I, I struggle to read this book from, from top to bottom and look at how it's constructed, what's in the book and take it at its total, at the totality of it, and then go, okay, this was clearly about this. This was that. But this part about food, that's just high spiritual stuff right there. There's nothing else behind well, that except spirituality. Well, but I think you're I think you're imposing that on the text and not like they, they didn't make that distinction at the time. I mean, the, keep keeping them I, free. I think from they disease. might have. Well, why, why wouldn't why, they? Why, why wouldn't they make that distinction? When you consider so much of this was about disease. Right, like, I'm I mean, just randomly okay. scrolling. So I mean, we're, we're talking about is about disease about the, when they talk about the but, foul. You can't you can't have the birds that that eat dead shit off the ground, mm -hmm. right? You can't. Okay, you know. and and again, that there might be validity to that, but it it's it's a it's in addition to what the text outright says, and the the reason for for doing that was to to keep them distinct as a nation, and that's why Peter had a vision that said, I mean, I don't I don't think their sanitation practices had changed that much by you know, by the first century, yet Peter was told you can eat any of this. Oh, the, the, like, Rom the Romans showed up, so maybe it did. Um, I'm not. That's not. That well, being dead serious, there. I mean, they've got aqueducts. They've got you know, they've got fresh running water in certain areas now. That's a lot of things they didn't have before. Okay, but the the point of Peter's vision was not, hey, hey, Peter, sanitation has changed a lot since the Exodus. Now you can eat this stuff. The point was, I'm going to send this Gentile to you. I want you to go into his house and eat with him, because now there, because the separation between Jew and Gentile, that's that's been no, done I, away with. I I I'm I'm with so, you. It, it one one could have been you know a happy coincidence or divine intervention to allow the second to occur. Right? Like I get what you're. I'm not suggesting that. But the people were also unclean, right? So, for example, right. Matt can come over to my house and I can be some unclean heathen. He's still not going to eat bread because it'll make him fucking... <laughs> people thick, are right? scratching so, their junk and then putting their hands in the bread loaf and not washing their hands yeah, and stuff. Yeah, right, and I'm so, like, no, I'll pass but, on that. What I'm saying, Brian, is, is both can be true. And perhaps the Romans showing up and bringing sanitation was either divinely part of the plan they needed the worlds to collide in order to get 
the story, well, you know, further. Sure. And now that, that, that as technology is advancing, which was part of the plan. Okay, maybe that's true. And I'm not I'm not disputing that. But my point is that there's it's like all of that stuff about about sanitation and sanitation changing by the time of the Romans, you're bringing that to it. You're speculating on 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 additional meaning when the text itself tells us exactly why that was there and why it no longer applied. Well, I, I, I hear you. I, I don't think I'm speculating. I'm 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 trying to look at it objectively. I'm trying to look at all of it in 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 from from the you know the higher from a higher altitude view not higher uh cosmologically i'm trying to like like big picture look at this and just understand the spirit and intent of all of it and i and i'm fine with at the end of it all like the top wrapper around it all was to be set apart and be different i i i'm not questioning that i'm not i'm not suggesting that that wasn't true just to you know as a you know, to, 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 to circle back around fully, the only point of the conversation that I was trying to drive at was, I think some of these things were more earth science rooted than they were spiritually rooted, right? And again, you know, worrying about boils doesn't sound I, like high science, doesn't, doesn't sound like high spirituality to me, right? It's like, hey, the priests are the educated ones, we're going to entrust these guys to be the ones to validate whether or not you're contagious or not so yeah. that we don't all get sick and die. But again, right? like, think like, let's think about that though. Like, yeah, I, again, I think, I think the distinction between medicine and religion, that that's, that's something we're bringing into it as moderns. The point of it was that the priests are the people who are going to decide, are you, are you healthy or, or are you infectious? Do you need to be excluded to not, to like do you the whole point was to keep israel quarantined from the nation so sure they, they, sure they, they they didn't make they didn't make a distinction like no you're, you're exactly right the the i think that what's what's hanging me up and this is a me thing by the way right the the term unclean has different meanings it means technically physically unclean and it also means spiritually unclean and they use it interchangeably throughout the book of the, the, the books of the law, right? And I think that's part of the challenge for me. I'm not saying it was a challenge for them. I think the Jews handled it fine because they seem to have gotten along just fine and they understand it easily, right? But when you're looking at that word, it's like, well, unclean how, right? Well, and and Heiser talks about this and uh, when he talks about the uh, how the book of Enoch explains demons. Mm-hmm. Um, they're called unclean spirits. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they're, they're contagious or, or they, they, they have got, they have syphilis or, or something right? get or maybe they did maybe them. they did <laughs> the point that's a fair is that point maybe maybe point nephilim is... ran around with syphilis and that's why they're so angry and want to eat people um alligator had all them teeth and no toothbrush about to say that. <laughs> <And they're> <laughs> my mama says nephilim angry because they got a lot of syphilis <laughs> um but um no heiser says that they're unclean because they are a they're a hybrid being mm-hmm. they're 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 the mixing of two natures that right. don't belong together right um and and that and that's kind of the the running definition of unclean in leviticus it's 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 the whole the whole mentality is to keep different keep keep things separated and where they belong predominantly the the Israelite people separated from the nations right and to to kind of drive home that mindset um 
to keep to you know to keep that as a constant preoccupation don't mix your fabrics don't mix your seeds in your field don't eat food that that's that that the, that the gentiles eat don't let the and don't you know don't touch a dead body don't let mm -hmm. the holy become infected with the right. unholy and and yeah there are definitely health benefits to that um but uh, but that 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 wasn't a that wasn't a distinction in their minds between getting mildew and worshiping Baal. Like right. it was all no, I'm with of, you on that. And yeah. that just goes back to how uh legalistic the Jews are by nature still to this day. And it's because of that. It's because of the fact that their entire concept of culture was commingled, the spirituality, science the legalities, yeah. the politics, all of it was tied under the same legal system, right? It, it's that, but it's also like, it, it's an interesting note that uh, the Jews have defied every trend that you see in, in any other ancient people who gets conquered and driven from their homeland. And they, every other civilization assimilates with their conquerors. Um, like you don't hear about Parthians anymore or Assyrians or, uh, or Edomites or uh, Hittites because they, they get conquered and they, they kind of get dispersed and they intermarry with other groups. The Jews alone, like the, they are the only ancient group that has a worldwide diaspora and maintains their distinct identity. And it's precisely because this worked so well because that, that part of Leviticus that told them, Oh, you know, make it make a distinction between what I have set apart for you as unclean. Make a distinction between the holy and the unholy, between the the uh, the the uh, between yourselves and the Gentiles, because I have set you apart as myself as holy. That's why they're still set apart, because um, that works so well. Um, and so, you know, I think that's that's testament to the. I think that's testament to the divine inspiration of mm -hmm. of leviticus and its effectiveness in accomplishing that that purpose of god um so yeah but you know the part of you know and it, my my uh the reason we got on this is you know there, there are are these kind of different interpretations that's kind of an innocuous issue that kind of illustrates the larger point that I think these things are, these things are relatively straightforward in the Bible. Um, like just reading the biblical narrative and how those laws came into play and how they were discussed in the new Testament. There's not really a lot of room for ambiguity. I, I, it, I think, yeah, there's, there's room to, to speculate beyond what's written. Like, was it, was it there for health as well as that? Well, sure. Of course. But the main point of that was to keep them separated, like for modern Christians who insist that in order in order to be a good Christian, you have to obey the uh, the dietary laws. Um, an outsider might not read that. And, and there's also the 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 recurring uh, gay activist trope of how Christians are hypocrites because we eat bacon and and, and shrimp, but we oh. condemn homosexuality. When if you just read that passage, that's it's pretty obvious that we're not hypocrites. It's it, it, it's apples and oranges. But um, so hang on, like so that's that was. But I, I I since you went to that specifically, 
I asked the question earlier and I don't know that we, we answered it. So one, I asked it differently. I said, if you're a Levite that's believes in Jesus, how much of Leviticus still applies. So how much, so what in Leviticus, like how, how does one dissect Leviticus to know what applies to a Gentile Christian today? Um, because you can't well, say it's obvious. Well, okay. Uh, Leviticus 20, verse 22. Keep he He's speaking to the Israelites. Keep all my decrees and laws and follow them so that the land where I am bringing you to live may not vomit you out. You must not live according to the customs I'm going to drive out before you because they did all these things, the things he just listed. I abhorred them. Mm -hmm. um, so... I mean, it just if you read all that, you know, all the stuff that's described there that God abhorred, that's a that's a pretty clear indication that that's a no no for everybody. Um, but the stuff that He specifically says, you know, do this to be, I have set you apart as a nation. Therefore, you know, don't eat what I have set apart for you as unclean. That's clearly, that's clearly for them not not for gentiles right but but my point is it's not that it's it's still not that simple right so back up a verse a, a, a chapter to 19 okay and this thing's interspersed with with things that are you know they're not even connected so it talks about a peace offering and then it talks about dealing honestly then it talks about lying with a slave woman and then it talks about you can't eat fruit from a tree for three years and then it jumps to the sabbath and then it and then talks about prostitution. Like there's stuff interwoven in here. Like is is a third year, a second year fruit from a tree just as evil as sleeping rounding, with a slave woman? Well, or rounding the corners <laughs> on my beard. Well, okay. right? Like these things are right next to each other. And there's no easy way to go, well, clearly this is that and that's this. Um in fact, the tattooing thing. In 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 back to back in the same chunk with sentences next to each other, it says, "Don't shape, don't round the corners of your beard, don't put a tattoo on yourself, and don't prostitute your daughter." Okay, so do you need to be told things like, "Don't prostitute your daughter"? No. So you already know that that's right. That's but the wrong. sentence before it says, "I can't get a tattoo." Right. Are are you a Jew living under the Levitical priesthood? No. Okay. So by default, none of this necessarily applies to you. You're, I mean, you're you're looking back at a at a a law for another nation that is not to include. Don't prostitute your daughter because you just don't do that anyway. So regardless of that law right. being given to you, don't fucking do that. Right. Right. But so what about what about second year fruit from a tree? Well, like that's that's the point that I'm trying to well, make is but you, the, you, but you're, but you're acting as I, if there's, there's so much of this is just like absolute common sense and some of it would i would argue is common sense well, and some of it i would argue is not but let's fast forward to what the actually we don't even need to fast forward we can look at we can look in the torah itself um there's this idea that the bible is there as a, as a set of instructions to tell us how to be more um and so we come to it with questions like that. How do how do we know what's moral and what's not? And that's that seems to be behind your question. But the 
much of what the Bible no, teaches. No, that's, that's that- not. It's 100% not behind my question. I don't, I don't have a problem with understanding what's moral and not. I have a problem understanding what's legalistic and what's not. And my point is that unless you're a Jew living under the Levitical priesthood, nothing in Leviticus is required of you by law. All, all the stuff that, that's that's moral, you you kind of know that anyway. So like you don't you don't need to read Leviticus and find things like don't prostitute your daughter and and you don't need Leviticus to tell you that. You already know that. You already know not to not to commit adultery and incest and bestiality. Um, every and you know, as as unpopular as this is to say, every culture in the world outside of Israel under like they condemned homosexuality. We we don't we don't condemn homosexuality because Leviticus says to every culture outside of Israel did. Yeah. No, they didn't. I mean, that's the whole problem with, with Sodom and Gomorrah, right? That wasn't part of Israel. Right. But the point is they knew that they knew that was wrong. Like you did have, you did have homosexuality and pederasty happening in ancient Greece. But if you read what the Greeks wrote about it, they condemned it. They condemned it because it was something that was happening and they're like, it's wrong. They shouldn't do that. Um, Contrary to what modern uh, activists say. Um, but like Metatron has a good video on that. Does he? He does. I haven't seen that one, but there's a, there's a, I think I showed you guys another one. But, um, but like that. Well, so here's one. I, I, I think you're, you're trying to play safety too much against the homosexuality issue. I don't, I'm not even interested in addressing that. I'm genuinely an example. Well, I know, but you keep you keep going back to it as like a backstop. Like, there's a lot of stuff in here that well, because because that's me, the thing that people usually bring I, up. Is I, saying, I'm not, but I'm not. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm I'm genuinely looking at this book yeah, confused. I, I, right? I'm speaking to the, I'm so, speaking to the audience as much as to you. So so, so leaving the gleanings when you gather in your harvest, you can't pick up everything off the field and everything that drops. You just are supposed to leave it laying there so that the the passerbys, the poors, and the foreigners can come by and eat your leftovers. Right. So that's, that's not moralistic. And that's certainly, no, it's not. Yeah. It's, it's the, the point is to leave something for the, for the poor. It's it's so you're telling me every farmer in America that fully clears his field when he picks up his crops is immoral. No. Then that means it's, it's a moralistic issue because morals are either moralistically morals are either right or wrong. We, we got into that in the, in the last conversation about morals, but there's no gray area. It's the underlying. Well, I didn't say there's no gray area. I said it's objective. But uh, but the, the point, the underlying principle of that is that it, it, for for ancient Israel, God was God was prescribing a system by which the poor would be taken care of. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, there's an underlying ethic. Of right. It's about take, not it's about not taking right. everything and not being so greedy. You don't leave a little leftover for those that need it. I get it. Right. So it, the, the modern farmer who wants to read that and apply that to his life and, and understand the character of God, it doesn't necessarily mean leave leave part of your field unplowed and let and let the hobos come in and pick from it. But, you know, give to charity, get, get be, be generous to the less fortunate as a general rule. Um, but like and this, that's the that's. That's kind but of what I'm getting but, at. Like you but, know, but that's not what it says. You're bringing that to the text. I agree with that. Okay, so what what would you say? Which is something you warned us not to do. Well, 
I don't think I'm bringing that to the text. If you read how that's applied and in, in other con, like in the book of Ruth, this is applied where like Ruth and her mother-in-law are following behind. And there there's, there's commentary about how, you know, that how Boaz was, was harvesting his fields and he left her extra, extra gleanings um, as, as a, and described him as a generous person. Um, so it, it's, and there's other passages that but I don't live in as a as a Jewish Levite under the Leviticus law. Exactly my point. You don't have you don't need, I, I'm betting so you probably which, don't even have fields to plow or, or harvest. No, I sure don't. Right. Damn so it. but that doesn't stop you from reading that and understanding the character of God and and how to how to love what he loves and hate what he right. hates. So, and... so now you're answering my earlier question that some of this is metaphorical versus literal. I don't. Think and I'm not. This is. I'm not. This isn't a trap, and this isn't a gotcha, dude. Like I asked that question early on, and you were like, yeah. "Absolutely not. It's literal." And now you're well, telling me some of it is to be taken metaphorically, and I'm okay with that. That I have to read into this. Well, text. I, I wouldn't say because it doesn't apply to me. I, that's not what metaphorical and literal mean. I mean, it's not a metaphor for something. It's an example of an underlying principle. Like a metaphor is, you read you read something in the text, and it and it actually represents. Like when Jesus stood up and said, "Everyone who believes in me, uh, streams of living water will well up from within them." By this, he meant the Spirit. Like in this case, the springs of the the rivers of living water is a metaphor. That's not what this is. This isn't a metaphor. Well, it's considering like that I'm not a farmer, it is a metaphor for me to read. It's an illustration of an underlying principle. Uh, uh, okay. So, but, but even still. So if I had asked my question, is some of Leviticus an illustration of an underlying principle and not to be taken literally? Well, if you left out the not to be taken literally part, I would have agreed with you. But you can't do I both. Just, it can't but be an I, illustration I, and be taken literally. Yeah, it, for it to be an illustration, you have to take it literally. Taken verbatim. Like he's talking to people who who are who, who are farmers and right. They're right. They're, they live in this so Garyan lifestyle. I get it. Yeah, I just I think you're. I think you're misusing the terms literal and and, and metaphorical, and that can lead to confusion about what we're talking about. I I think it's perfectly clear in your head what you're saying, but I I'm... think it's perfectly clear in your head what he's saying. <laughs> even even no, if well... he's using the wrong terms. So like do you live by the letter of the law that's written in Levit Leviticus or not? Does it, it have a higher meaning? Is it an underlying principle? It's it's the spirit and intent versus right. The, the 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 direct interpretation. So don't be wrapped it, right? up in Matt's words and that's, whether he. That's, well, that's, that's what that's what like, that's what that's what I'm taking from this. Well, right? that, is... that's not it's not a semantic, it's not mm -hmm. a semantic difference when you talk about. I don't care whether it's a semantic difference or not. You it, know what he's trying it, to convey. It is, but it is a semantic difference. How how is it not a semantic? I don't difference? care. Well, because when you're talking about the, when you talk about literal and metaphorical in the Bible, people people hear things like. You know, when Jesus rose from the dead, was that literal or metaphorical? Well, it was literal, but you wouldn't reduce it. I mean, it, but it meant more than just that Jesus rose from the dead. It conveys a broader principle. It's all literal. It happened in, in time and space and history. Right. And 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 people bring these, 
you know, these categories to the Bible, is, is it literal or is it metaphorical? Do you take the Bible literally? Um, which is which is another way of saying, do you actually believe the Bible or are you one of the smart people who takes it metaphorically and understands that it's not it, it's not to be taken literally? Uh, that's 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 just those are the wrong categories to bring to it. So when you ask, is it literal? Well, how, how would you then how would you differentiate the six days of creation? or or archetypes or no, leave it with that just the six days of creation is that literal i would say that the original readers understood it literally and so to understand the meaning of genesis we need to read it from their position but adjust for the fact that they that they believe that the earth was flat and uh existed in a three-tier universe and uh they did they didn't they didn't have modern cosmology but the things that are being taught there are they're not restricted to the literal reading um that's actually a re really good example of what i'm talking about um the ancient reader took it literally that's not um, what i asked i didn't ask how the ancient reader read it i said is that how we're supposed to read it today I think we're supposed to start with the literal meaning, but that doesn't mean we believe the earth was created in six literal 24-hour days and that the earth is flat and exists within a three-tier universe. Um, just because we understand that the original audience didn't right. have so, our modern so, right. the, so, the original so, audience in the, in so, the oral uh, tradition or the original audience that it was written to? So, I, I, I'm either I'm, one. I, I don't know. I, I don't think that's right because because I think that there was time and space in that time. The Sumerians are the ones that even they're the ones that invented time. They're the ones that come up with minutes and seconds. And if in okay. a lot of those those Cunea tablets predate even Genesis. So. So like, how does that. So what I'm saying is that if they wrote it, for example, you know, kings that lived a thousand years. They meant that they lived a thousand years because they're I, the ones that told us what a year was. I, I agree, sure. Okay. How was that? How was that a? a so I what I, I think that you're you're not giving credit to people that lived in the same time that knew how long a day was. How am I not giving them credit for that? Oh, unless you think that they really thought that the Earth was made in one day, is that what they thought? Yeah, that's what I think they thought. Okay. Um, but they didn't. No, what a day was. Now, they were now there wasn't some kind of weird allegorical meaning behind it. Um, so Methuselah really did live nine hundred and sixty-seven years. I think they knew are, how long that was. They I knew think what that are, is. I think that well, that's a separate question than how. I know it's a separate question. Time. I asked it. But what are you? What are you mad about right now? I'm not mad. Like you, you he's just passionate. Seem, I ain't passionate. I'm having a good time. Like you're like you. <laughs> Listen, you've talked for two hours of our of our two and a half hour thing. I can I can be passionate if I want to. I'm getting my airtime in. That's fine. He's, I don't he's, have a, he's I, making up. You for, do have a problem with it because you asked me what problem is. And Jay's making up for, for for volume of words with his volume. That's right. right. While he's I'm speaking, just, and I know the difference. <laughs> I'm not denying. I'm not trying to deny your airtime. I'm just wondering why you're mad at me right I'm now. I'm not mad at you. All right. Well, I feel I'm having a good time with you. All right. You're the so, best. Thank you. You're the... <laughs> you mean look mad? I can look mad. I can get mad. That, that can happen. 
I thought it seemed like you were mad at me. It's just well, you're just, wrong. So, okay. so Brian, literally, feel, you're literally wrong. <laughs> He's objectively wrong. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like sometimes our conversation is challenged with you attempting to prevent an aha from someone else. And, and, uh, and so what I, I mean by that, that is that's fair. That's I make, fair. I make, I make a simple comment, like, is this metaphorical or literal? And then you give like a 77 word answer that says it's both. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to well, do with that response because well, I, it, it doesn't feel like you're answering me. It feels like you're answering some atheist Who's going to get the comment section that you're going to get an argument an with, and, and you want to make sure you didn't leave yourself open to this weird esoteric like chess well, move? No, it's not just that, but I'm I'm aware that there we have a we have a wide diversity of listeners. Some are atheists, some are some are mature believers, some are younger believers, and some if they if they hear me say that's metaphorical in the sense that you mean, and I don't distinguish. They're going to think, I think that's metaphorical. I, I'm, and I'm not trying to pick on you. It's not personal, but that's, I, th those categories matter. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to leave somebody thinking that it's, like I said, it's not a semantical argument. It, it, those, uh, it, you know, as far as the, the way they harvested their fields, the law was meant literally Right, but that doesn't. I agree. It doesn't that. mean, but that doesn't mean it has no application to to non-Jews right. who don't it, have fear. I don't think it, we said it has a non-application. No, that's but that's it, not what I said. My point was, I said it was a it was a literal thing that also right. has a metaphorical in, interplay or inter, interaction or an extra way to consume it. But the point of that isn't to say that doesn't mean. Okay, so if that's true, then every other one of these does also. Maybe some do, maybe some don't. I'm pretty sure the ones about boils don't have anything metaphorical to them. Like that was just about boils. Um, but it's not me saying, haha, so that means this one over here is not literal. Like, I'm, that, that's not. I could totally sacrifice kids now. <laughs> right. Malak, you and me, baby. <laughs> I can rape boys. Gonna, it's it's, it's no. going to be lit, literally. <laughs> um, like, that's not what I'm trying to get at. I'm, I'm just saying, like, yeah, some of not it. Some I'm of not it attacking you. I'm deeper, trying different meaning beyond what it says literally, right? Because I'm quite sure right. they meant everything literal to yeah, to, a, think, to the degree that it could be. I think we're violently agreeing on that point. I'm just yeah, we are. I'm just trying to, violently. I, I'm I'm trying to answer your question and clarify for the audience yeah. what I mean when I'm agreeing with you. If you'll stop punching me in the face for five minutes. Me fucking, you better slip the jab. I, I'm saying Dre's just angry all the time. He's just, just mad at all me. the time. Do some do I, some Philly shell stuff, Brian. That's just not, like you know, like that's not a racist. I'm just an angry black man. That's what you was what you said. I was talking about the white part of you. <laughs> Here, yeah, calm down, Jordan. Jordan Peterson. <laughs> it's the white part of you that's always mad at me. <laughs> angry white guy, all that privilege. Everyone hates angry white guy. Yeah. <laughs> So I have a question so, then with when it when it comes to that since the since the Bible is so straightforward, then Oh, you didn't mean that as a joke, sorry. No, I did. Okay. So, but then why we had this long line of like rabbinic era era where they interpret it and then you have to go and you have all these midrashes on it and 
all these all these sayings and these wise men telling you exactly how to interpret it. If it's so straightforward, why do I need that knucklehead over there to tell me how to interpret it? Well, um, man, that is a can of worms that yeah, it is. Uh, you have opened. Um, so the Midrash is part of the Talmud. Right. The Talmud is basically a an like a late ancient early medieval there's the babylonian talmud and the jerusalem talmud both of which came like hundreds of years after i mean my point is there's lots of writings and people writing about Mm -hmm. this and the same thing with our church fathers trying to explain what the new testament means and if it's so straightforward why all this writing um well like you know, there's this there's this idea that the the you know the 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 ecumenical council they were they're trying to figure stuff out that was just so mysterious and and nail stuff down that that they that they didn't understand. I think that's I think that's an an inversion of what was really happening. Most of this stuff was pretty much settled, um, pretty early on in in the you know in the first century before the canon was closed. I mean, you you get from you know, and this is, and you get from the New Testament that there, there's, there's really not a lot. There's not really any debate about the theology of the Trinity of Jesus and and how how they relate to each other. This is pretty much there is. Is there a debate about the theology in the New Testament? No, there's debate about whether Gentiles should be circumcised or. Uh, so Origen didn't debate that stuff. Um, I think he did. I think Justin Martyr debated that stuff. <laughs> well, they but then you had Marcion stuff. and Valentinus, and those but, were but all that, bishops. But but that's my point. You, you like if if you take the whole population of the Christian Church from the first century up to the Council of Nicaea, and and count up the number of heretics, they're they're kind of in the minority. They're 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 not. You make it sound like there were just these just these teeming masses of people who were confused no it was they these things were largely settled like the canon was pretty much settled and then marcion popped up and decided uh no i'm gonna write a new canon because this new the the canon as it exists doesn't support the things that i want to believe and for the for the listeners marcion believe he was he was a he was in rome was it rome yeah i was pretty sure it was rome yeah because that was the first the first time the canon was was kind of set, it was a local discussion in Rome to deal with Marcion because he believed he had his claim was that the God of the Old Testament was was evil. Um, Jesus is, was sent by the the true God to save us from the God of the Old Testament, and he believed and he claimed to uh, that uh, that the Holy Spirit spoke directly through him as he, he do this trance thing where his eyes would roll back, roll back in his head. And he, he make these utterances and claimed that the, the Holy Spirit was speaking through him directly. And he was, he was the sole vessel of the Holy Spirit. And, but he basically, uh, he got, he cut out all, all of the gospels other than Luke. He, right. he, he kind of cut and pasted stuff from Luke that he liked and cut stuff out that he didn't. He had a, a highly selective um, samples from Paul and, and cut out like Hebrews and 
it's um, it's too bad that James. we don't know why he did that because well, we don't we don't have his words we only have the people that hated him and what they said about him we have none of his writings well but my point is that we uh i'm and i'm positive he wrote well so, but it's not i don't think it's because necessarily because people you know burned his writings or or politically persecuted his followers it's just that they 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 you know for a book to remain in publication it ha there has to be interest in copying it and preserving it and that was lacking in a lot of these people but a lot mm. of this stuff was pretty much settled long before these heretics popped up they popped up to challenge it and then they uh the church had to had to define its terms and come up with with termina specific terminology to 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 explicate things that had already been kind of understood and, and accepted, but to head off future heretics, they had to kind of draw the boundaries a little better. Um, let's and that's why you have terms like hypostasis and homoousion and and other terms to more explicitly define the Trinity, but and terms like the Trinity. But th those are all just shorthand for concepts that are already in the New Testament. You don't have to look to the, the writings of Origen or Tertullian or Athanasius to establish the Trinity. You can get that from the New Testament. And so, you know, this idea that the, this was all up in the air until they had a church council to settle it, it's just not true. Those things were settled. They had the church count. It, it's like, You know, it's it's like saying that we need uh, we need home invaders to make our home secure, because we they they force us to put locks and that's a bad analogy. It worked it worked better earlier today when I was having this conversation in another context <laughs> on Facebook. But but um, but somebody made the remark that uh, like we should be grateful for Arius because he uh, you know he forced the church to the to define the Trinity and we wouldn't, we wouldn't have that understanding if it not, if it wasn't for heretics like Arius. And I responded that, well, no, that's like saying that we should be, that the hen house sh needs foxes so that the farmer puts up fox traps. Um, no, the hens would be safer without foxes in existence. Um, your home would be safer without home invaders. It's just that we need locks and guns and laws because there are home invaders, but like heretics don't, Heretics didn't cause the church to create doctrine where there was none. They just forced them to to define it more explicitly to head off those kinds of errors. But that doesn't mean that that the church hadn't settled those things long before the heretics showed up. So, mm. um, but uh, I feel like we kind of got pretty far off from the the main point i was going to make it would seem like a i'd have to force it back there because the, the moment's kind of gone but maybe we'll revisit <laughs> it uh you pretty much described my whole two hours so i'm like okay yeah no, well, well, that's gone that's don't fine be, don't be mad at me man well did someone else talk for two hours yeah okay, you well, i'm job. looking i know you don't know where i'm looking because I have it. <laughs> I'm looking at I'm no, looking I at you. No, I can feel it. I can feel I'm it. I'm looking at you. Yeah. No, no, it's good. 
It's good. It's a good explanation yeah. of the heretics too. Um. Yeah. So. So what you're saying is okay. Hold on. Before we go any further, does Leviticus say anything about whey protein? No. Um. Okay. So I'm good. I can have whey. Does Leviticus say anything about uh, PEDs? No. It says not PRT. It says <laughs> not to. It says not to boil a kid in its mother's milk. Oh, which is which is why Jews don't have chicken ch cheese on chicken sandwiches today. Are you being serious? I'm dead. I'm being dead serious. It, yeah, it, it does. That sounds legit. Well, they they interpret that as no meat with dairy, and so uh, I think this was in uh, what was that? There was I think it was American History X or. There was a movie where Ed Norton was, he played a Jewish kid. That was not American Jewish History kid. X. No, he was, yeah, was he's, he's very <laughs> anti-Jew in that movie. <laughs> he was the opposite of the Might Jewish not have kid. Been Ed Norton. That damn Alan Smithy movie that turned out really good. There, there was a movie where there was a Jewish guy, it might have been Ed Norton in the 90s, who became a skinhead. That's, he, is, he, is, he, is, he, is he Jewish in the beginning? Yeah, he's a he's raised in a Jewish family. He turns against he rebels against his family, becomes a skinhead. There's it's a been a long time he, since I've seen American History X. It's not no, it's not it's not American History X. He was a skinhead it's, in more than one movie. Well, well, no, his 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 mom dates a Jew or tries to because uh because his dad died because of the damn like Mexicans or whoever and the Jews that moved into the neighborhood and ruined his ruined his dad's neighborhood and that's why he was so mad. Anyway, there's a scene where he and some skinheads go into a Jewish deli and they they beat up these Jewish people and and yell at them because they're they're stupid for because they think uh, you know they they can't be because chickens don't lactate so yeah, that is a but that uh, seems like yeah. an unnecessary reason to beat someone up. <laughs> nah, he was there was you know there's there so many better reasons but there's so many good up. reasons <laughs> but I I would say the underlying principle is uh, animal cruelty. It's uh, right. and that's that's my interpretation. I don't I don't know that, but there's you know there's a law that says don't boil a kid in his mother's milk, and it's it's along with things like if you take some eggs, don't don't from a from a nest, don't kill the mother. Also, leave the nest right. with the mother. Right. Totally. And there like there's a running theme of like you conservationism know, is what it is. It's not con well, it's conservation, but also like there's there's consider like there's consideration for the suffering of, of animals in the in the text like that's a stated okay point. gotcha gotcha right. so and so when you come to the part of not the point not is to boiling, the extent that you can be be humane to the animals that you're going to later eat right and yeah. uh like there's a kosher way to slaughter right a sacrifice yeah. and so don't boil a kid in his mother's milk it's it's understood to be no meat with dairy just as a rule it's just mean I take it to be, yeah, it's just mean. Don't just like, like mean I always feel bad. I, I always feel bad if I have a chicken omelet. Like I'm like, it's kind of the same thing, but uh, it's delicious. By it's the way. kind of the opposite thing. Cause you got a still... chicken wrapped in the, in the, in the, in, in the corpse of its dead child. Right. <laughs> Except they're not fertilized. So it's, it's fine. There's you could like thing. kill the hen that laid those eggs and then make the omelet. Right. Right, Hell that would yeah. be that would be well, wrong. You, whether or not it's fertilized, you don't know until the egg's been sitting around a little bit longer. Right, have some um, balut. 
You ever I, had I, had, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Not bad. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta yeah. get past the texture. But <laughs> it's a little weird. Don't chew. Right. Don't chew. I don't want to offend anyone. I gotta eat it. Yeah. So did we? Uh, did we exhaust <laughs> this topic? Probably. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was interesting. I have, a, I have terrible internet today. You guys are like bouncing in and out. Oh, really? I don't even know if you're hearing me right Fortunately, now. Fortunately, so. you've been perfectly fine so, on this side. Yeah, your anger is coming through, Dre. Yeah, you haven't buffered or anything. So we haven't had an audio problem or anything. But then wow. he fr- he stopped. Yeah, he froze just then as we were saying that. Yeah, that was I don't kind know of if funny. he's just <laughs> being still, but yeah. Okay, yeah, you so, went you went yeah, max so, headroom right there on us. So you must be a, a few times bad. you guys have have talked really slow, and then it sped up really fast to like catch up. And I'm like, what is? I thought this was a live stream. Why is it <laughs> being weird like this? Is that why you're so angry? Is it is are you is it because you're frustrated because of the buffering? I I'm tired of these racist remarks. <laughs> All right, I apologize to your white mom for me. My my mother is watching too, so. She's white. So, Perfect. by the way, I, I remember we were talking about just as kind of a full circle thing. We, we had talked about other denominations and we were talking about calling them the non-standard uh, Christian denominations or whatever, we, Protestant. Um, when I was looking up uh, the Slavitica stuff of all of the Christian or Protestant denominations, Seventh-day Adventists um, yeah. are still hold-ons to a lot of yes, the yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I, and I, I didn't know that until today. I'm I've, trying never, to imagine, I've, I've never met a Seventh-day Adventist. I'm, I'm trying to imagine being a Jew and then and having all these feelings about blood and the lifeblood. And then my Messiah says, I got to drink his blood. But like, what? <laughs> that does, well, I, that does, I that bet, does come across kind of weird, right? I bet that, I bet that was jarring. For those people, I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying anything about it other than that. Then, right. That's a fair. Then, that's a, that's well, an like interesting this, point. I, this I dude is talking was, about. I think that was calculated to offend, and that actually does kind of bring us back to the my broader point. Of, I knew I'd help. Thank you, Dre. You got it. Um. Yeah. Well, that like, you know, Paul, the guy who insisted most emphatically about how Gentiles aren't bound to Jewish custom. He's also the one who reiterated the whole be, come out from them and be separate to Christians. So the underlying principle of being separate from the nations in terms of our our worship, our morality, that's that's still there. Um, and you know, I was thinking about how that applies, and you know, I talked about how uh, you know the the dietary laws is just one minor illustration of all these denominational differences we have. Um, as Christians, we must know that God is not happy about the division in the church. Like we're, we're supposed to be united as a church, as one um, church, right? Yeah. Um, the the well, the quote unquote Catholic Church, right? Lowercase Catholic, yeah. Capital C Church, Orthodox, um, right thinking, right? Lowercase Orthodox Church, but. Um, <laughs> But uh, like that, like that should bother us. That, like, if we're not working toward that unity, um, we should be asking ourselves why not. Um, you know, and one of the things that should set us apart 
the thing that sets apart believers from unbelievers is that you know you you adopt the attitude that you find in the New Testament. There is there is a a definite moral component to 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 orthodox doctrine to be to to like the you know the Bible is very clear on on most of these issues that divide us, like the, the, the main issues. There's there's some wiggle room for minor issues, but the main issues that divide us, I don't I don't see that there's room for debate on them. And but we we kind of act like there is, you know, to go along to get along. Well but, I don't think it's to go along to get along. I think there've been there've been wars fought over this stuff, right? Well and, not not really. And I'm not saying we should go to war, but if you're talking about the wars between Catholics and Protestants, I mean, those are political wars. I mean, a war sure. by definition is a political struggle. struggle. But, but, it... but my point is, name me a time that there's been a major war when the two factions had aligned religious ideologies. It um, doesn't happen. Well, America. The Anglican Church... And the Roman Catholic Church are were especially during the Elizabethan era when the uh, the Anglican Church was starting. Doctrinally, there was really no distinction doctrinally or ritually. The difference is: do we listen to the Pope, or do we listen to the King of England? That was it. It was a it was a it was one hundred percent a political debate. Now, or, or, or dude wanted to get divorced, and he's like, "I'll start my own right. church and get divorced." Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Pope said no, and he was like, "Oh yeah, hold my beer." I don't listen to Pope. I'm the damn king. Why would I listen to Pope? <laughs> right. That's that's and that's kind of my point. Yeah. It wasn't <laughs> that. I mean, it was. It, it is weird to me that there are Anglicans who know that, but they still like, you know, think of the the Anglican Church as being. But but it seems to me that church leaders in these different denominations have that exact same attitude. Why should I listen to that guy over there when I'm the king of this? little fiefdom that i call mm -hmm. my religion or my sect of the religion so it's it's kind of the same argument and it is political well but i don't think it's a matter of i don't i don't think unity can be found in one person deciding that they're going to submit politically to to a to a particular bishop um a lot of times these you know these debates are because we're we're so committed to our tradition um that we, you know, we, we, well, it had to start somewhere. The tradition had to start somewhere is my, is my point. Like you, okay. that's, that's the, that's the guy that did the founder of whatever, you know, uh, denomination that we're, we're talking about. And then as, and, you know, we have this funny thing in human nature, where we double down with, if we think we're wrong, right? Like we can't possibly be told that what we believed, you know, whether it's been for a year or all your life, if you fully invested in it, yeah. you can't be you can't be told that you're wrong. You're gonna you're gonna fight tooth and nail to that thing. And and religion is such a such a personal thing that it's probably the easiest thing to be divided on than anything else. Yeah. And that's why they crucified Jesus. Um like but I mean you read about how uh well, in one, that's why he said things like anyone who comes after me must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Whoever tries to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Anyone who loves his father or mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, even his own life more than me cannot be my disciple. Um, and you see that 
kind of playing out when uh in john when he healed the man born blind um the 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 the, the jewish leaders took the, the man's parents they he kind they kind of summoned them to give an accounting and it the text says they they knew jesus had healed him um but they wouldn't say anything because they were afraid of being put out of the synagogue like they they knew like this guy has to be of god he has to be you know if not the messiah at least a prophet because there's they knew their son was born blind now he could see so they're questioned about this they they wouldn't say it because they they didn't want to they didn't want to risk being put out of the synagogue and uh it's kind of the same same thing we do today we we have these we have these theological debates and uh the church that I used to that I used to be in that that kicked me out. We had a we had a debate. The issue was whether salvation can be lost. Um, I didn't make an issue out of it. They they did, but because I I read the scripture and I don't I don't at the time I kind of I was okay to agree to disagree until they put me in a position where I had to kind of renounce it or be made a second class member of the church in hindsight i regret that because i don't think it's even on the table for debate if you just read the scriptures if you just take them the unambiguous meaning clearly salvation can be lost um i don't even think the case needs to be made for that you just read it that's what's being warned but these are called problem passages because people don't like what it says so they try to lawyer it. they try to make it say something other than what it says um but they're lying to themselves because it it either because they find that to be more comforting um they they like this idea that because you've accepted jesus into your heart as your portion of lord and savior you can you can sin with impunity and count on his his forgiveness his unconditional forgiveness no matter what um even if you keep sinning you got your hand stamped you had your religious your religious experience that confirms to you that you were at one point in God's grace, therefore you can't ever lose it. I can understand the appeal of that, but that's directly that I attitude is directly warned against. But there's that, but there's also like people who don't want to just the way you are. No need to improve. No need to stay consistent. You can just be that. Yeah, and I, and I'm not even talking about the the obvious like Joel Austin type uh, faux Christianity BS. I'm talking about uh, like people who are sincere Christians who you know they, you know they uh, you know they regard themselves as sincere committed believers, but they still have this belief that is 100% contrary to the plain meaning of Scripture. But they don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to they they don't want to call this out in their church because uh that would make them unpopular that would that would risk them getting their social needs met and and i, I think a lot of our denomination our denominational differences persist because of that because we're we're we have commitments other than the truth of the scripture um that kind of make us hedge on these things so we go along and get along and i think the, the last you thing know, you said is actually the, the the simplification of the whole problem statement which well, you just that, said right there that that the the end goals are not god 
the, the goals are something they're, they're, the, the terminal goal is something short of that. And, and that allows people to be complacent or uh, justified in whatever else it is that they're doing. And it, it's that, it, it, that's, I, it's not, that's not a very like, you know, there's not a line around that that's easy to draw, but I think it's that simple that they all f- fit into that same category. Well, it, it comes down to that when, when you're having a when you're having a, a debate with somebody over scripture, and and two people they don't agree on something that it's either one of them or both of them has a commitment some, to something other than the truth of the scripture, because it's not that on most things the scripture is not the things that matter that define Christianity, the scripture is not really ambiguous about. It's not, it's not that hard to understand any more than the constitution is. Um, but um, I think the as thing- a rule, you're right. I think there's a couple of <clears throat> downright difficult little quandaries that are in there, right? Like we've hit a couple of them, that whole thing about Nicodemus and, and, and forget Enoch, but Elijah, like the Elijah Nicodemus thing is is something that there's something there. Well, okay, that, and, that's and the whole divine council worldview. Well, that's true. There, there's well, some, there's some. There, th- my my point is, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to pick another fight at the end of the show. But but, but no, I think that I think that's a good point you made. But I, but I I want to I want to unpackage that to explain what I mean. No, I know like, what you mean. You you're saying that most of the time. When there's two people that are having a a legitimate disagreement over a piece of the text, one of them probably has their 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 feet planted in either tradition, feelings, emotion, or social BS, not in the intent to actually understand the scripture. Yeah, and I don't think there are there are denominations. I don't think anybody splits off into another denomination because one person thinks that. Um, I'm going to go be wrong over here. Well, like the part about no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven. Well, first of all, just taken at face value, that appear that does appear to contradict what you find about Elijah. That's, mm-hmm. that's not even debatable. The question is, well, what did that mean? Right. Because Jesus and John right. were certainly aware of the passage that talked about <laughs> right. Elijah. Right. Um, so there, there's there must be something there's something deeper that's going there. on right. now since since it doesn't say reasonable people can disagree on that. that's right. not that's not the kind of thing i'm talking about right no that overall, and that was all i was trying to point out is right. you made you made it you made a, a very sith statement a very absolute statement that every time that this happens one of well, the two people is wrong and i'm saying so, there are a couple of things where it's like i don't care who you are you but can't contrast, tell me you know the answer to this you, you could have to take well, and you could be like, this is what I think it says, and it could be plausible. You but, could even have evidence okay. that, that that enforces that. But let me let me explain what I mean here, because you, you brought up John chapter three. The other day I was had I had this conversation with Calvinists pretty regularly. Um Calvinism teaches that regeneration precedes faith. Like you're mm-hmm. born again, and because you're born again, then you have faith. Right. Um uh that that is that is a false gospel. And oh, by the way, you only get that if you're elected. That, right. That doesn't even, that's not even logically sound. 
I, I, but, I love but also, that that's the one thing that the three of us can violently agree on that we don't have to revisit this well, on the show because I wouldn't be able thing to do we can the show peaceably agree on everything <laughs> everything else we agree on is violent but this is one we're, that's we're peaceably <laughs> right right that's what I but in, but I in John but I, I was talking to somebody and uh I don't I don't think he listens to the podcast but if you do well, he should you, he should because he, he, he needs Jesus but like loser. I'm not I'm not talking out of school. This is like he's a good guy. I, I consider him a friend. He's still um, a loser. Man. But I, but I'll, but I, I'll tell him to his face that he's simply misreading this because he's more committed to his tradition than he is to the truth of Scripture. He insists that when Jesus told Nicodemus, "No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again." Aha! That means you have to be born again before you can have faith. Which is why, clearly why does it mean that? Why does he think that means that? Because he equates having faith to seeing the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. which is clearly not allowable by the text. Because Jesus didn't say, "For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whosoever has eternal life will believe in Him." <laughs> right? <laughs> it's whoever believes in Him has eternal life. <laughs> like you have to rewrite the. Like I'm not trying to make fun of. I am. I'll say it. The gentleman who said that. Seriously, <laughs> he's not but, my friend. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but you, sir, wrong. An asshole. But, uh, but, he's an asshole. I don't. I don't want to name him. But you're yeah, not. Don't name ass, him. You're not an asshole. I mean, I will. <laughs> if you're assuming you're listening, but maybe uh, he's a great guy. Who knows? He, he is a great. But guy. on on this asshole. <laughs> But that's the kind of thing you run into when you have right. these denominational right. differences. No, right. Well, right, that, right. But it's the kind of and, thing anybody has when you come into this with a confirmation bias, right? Like, right. I mean, going back to, we made the, the constitution analogy earlier. I mean, how many times have we heard someone who for all intents and purposes is fully, you know, has, is, is in complete control of their faculties and reads the second amendment and tells you, you know, with a straight face that this doesn't mean that regular people should have the right to possess firearms. Right? Like there's people that because they right. come into it with a confirmation bias that says a militia means the military, which means not regular people. And unless you're in the National Guard, you shouldn't have AR-15s but, in your house. And and yeah. regulated means rules, right? And you, like, but, like the military has. But I would say it goes beyond a confirmation bias. Um, it's it's I don't I don't care what the truth is. I know what I want it to be. I, I don't like guns. I don't I don't like the role that guns because if if you want to know what that uh, okay. means, okay, that's fair. Okay, I see you what can, you're getting at. You can one basic reading comprehension should tell you that from the sec from the Second Amendment. Um, I mean, all of that plus, stuff is the plus the authors actually point. spell it out. Right. They have and, all the the, and, the Federalist if, Papers. Hello. Right. And if you're really if you're really confused about what it means, it's not it's super easy to look that up and find out what they were talking about. If you want to know, people don't want to know. They want, I would just they like want to, to validate. Out, yeah, if I could, I'd like to point out if you really want to understand what the Second Amendment means, you have to put yourself in the position of a 1700 uh, colonial American and you have to understand the time and the language that they spoke. Oh, so you got to be some white racist. That's what you got to be. <laughs> No, I was making. You know a joke. I don't have time for that, Matthew. I, that was a Heiser. That was a Heiser back, right? Yeah, I know. Like I, <laughs> well, but that—that's a good. Well, like the thing that I called a fool's errand when we talked yes. about. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, but that is a that is a good point that applies to the con. It, it illustrates this biblical principle that applies just as much to anything else. Like people people act like the Bible is just so so inscrutable and so beyond our understanding because you have to make those kind of adjustments. But we have to do the same thing with the Constitution. Like when when you read a well regulated militia, you can't use well regulated by today's standards because we mean regulation, meaning the government mm-hmm. tells you what to do about it. But no, it means to like, and they use that with the regulate interstate commerce clause. But no, it meant at the time to make regular, like Bro. the opposite. Watch a movie made in the 1940s. And listen to him talk and how much different You won't have right? a clue what they're right. talking about. But that, that's why I just like the, the, the KJV as, 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 a, as a study Bible, right? Like, cause it's like, you're reading Shakespeare at the same right. time. I mean, it's pretty, to... but yo, <laughs> right. I have yeah. no idea what you're saying. Yeah. It it's good for quoting before you bust some caps in it, dude. But <laughs> well, yeah, some, sure. some, but, cold, uh, some cold-blooded shit to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but but not good for Bible studies. No, but busting caps, good. KJV K- I mean, busting caps. Everybody, everybody loves Billy Shakes, right? That's my guy, Billy Billy Shakes. Shakes, yeah. <laughs> Shakes. Yeah. I missed I missed my opportunity. <laughs> but my my From overall. Summation is uh, like the thing, like when Paul talks about being set apart, um, that just being being different from the world. What does Christ have to do with Belial? Well, the believer has a fear of God when it comes to these things. That, like, there's a moral dimension to this. That God is going to hold you accountable for the beliefs that you espouse, for the the way that you approach church. Are you? Are you doing it to be about his business or are you doing it to serve your stomach? Um, are you <laughs> doing it to get your social needs met? Are you doing it because your parents have you go there or because mm-hmm. your your wife has you go there or because it, it's it's just a way to to meet people and or are you doing it to be about the father's business? Um, you know, when Peter when Jesus told Peter, get behind me, Satan, you don't have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Um, or when Jesus told the, the people he had, he had fed the 5,000 with the five loaves, and then they tried to make him king by force. And they, so they, he told them, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Like they had the right doctrine. They, they, they knew rightly that he was, he was the rightful king, but their reasons for it were entirely wrong. And I think that's how we do church. A lot. that's that's the reason for so much of our denominational division is that we're we don't have the kingdom of god in mind we don't have that fear of god that tells us we're accountable for for how we uh you know how we arrive at our doctrines what what doctrines we promote um doesn't mean i think i'm automatically right on that because i have a fear of god but I I do know that I'm accountable, and if I'm if I'm confronted with something that I'm where the scripture clearly contradicts me, then I have a responsibility to change, and I have changed in a lot of ways. But that's how I get kicked out of churches. But um, <laughs> so so basically, I mean, in the uh, in in the words of the wise American poet, just eat it, get yourself an egg and beat it. Have some more chicken. Have some more pie. It doesn't matter if it's boiled or fried. Just eat it. Just eat it. Woo. 
it's a great note to end on. I dig it. <laughs> weird. So, it's weird. <laughs> and if, if we want to keep Jews weird, they need weird. it out. <laughs> they need it out to get weird. So we, 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 we tied it together. We, we brought it back. Were you planning that or did that? No, I came he up. just looked just, it up real quick. He just awesome. Yeah. yeah, I saw him grab his phone. He was like, uh, I'm So uh, if you're still around, hit the subscribe button, boy, because, I mean, you may as well. You're here. And uh, yeah, we, we're like at 110 subscribers now on YouTube. What? Boom. Be the 111th. Yeah, hell yeah. Be that guy. Be that guy. That's a big number, the one 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 when they line up like that. One, one, I like it. Those are those are angel numbers. That's a magical thing. You should you should be that one one one. Be the one one one. So we we get all kinds of different religions when we when we get into that. Um yeah. but uh anyway, stay enlightened, stay curious, and we will see you next week. God bless. Bye bye.